the sheer inherent homoeroticism of a tennis match. in a trench coat. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Madison. And uh, it's been a hot minute since we recorded because life happened. Yeah, not that you guys will notice any difference, but like <laughs> we haven't recorded for a month because I had a job and Suzanne has had a bunch of life shit. <laughs> and so you're getting a, a fun little episode where we talk about what we've been watching. Yeah, we're just like, what's on our minds? What's the current brain rot? <laughs> At least in my case. But this is just going to be a much more relaxed, chatty episode than the ones that you're probably used to at this point of us just doing research and having notes. We don't have anything. We're just talking. <laughs> because of that, this week may not be for um, our friends and family who are here for the more actually educational episodes, because we're probably going to get real deep into weeb shit. <laughs> and that might be a little hard to follow, just as a fair warning. Yeah, this might need a lot of editing. Um. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so what have you been, what have you been watching for the last month that we've been away, that now I'm finally back from the war? <laughs> Oh, I finally, I finished, uh, Dorohedoro. Yay! Did you like it? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why the 3D animation in it didn't bother me as much as it has in other shows. Because it's, it's not all the time. It's just every so often, like, the models don't match up with, like, the speaking because the faces are painted on, I feel yeah. like. Because otherwise, they blend really well into, like, the actual 2D background. Mm-hmm. I think it's because, like, the topic and the their whole world is made up, so there's nothing, like, to really compare it to, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. everything is so fantastical that you can kind of suspend your disbelief enough to not really be bothered like when people move through that world that seems unnatural, I guess, because it feels natural in that context. Yeah. And who who's that character who's like sixteen years old who's used for like comic relief constantly? Oh, um her name Ebisu. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it get a little like mm? <laughs> Yeah. Like they're she's kind of like the butt monkey of the group. Yeah. And, because I know she's there for, like, the comedy, but, like, most of those parts I didn't laugh, so... Yeah. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be funny, but, like, jokes are supposed to, like... Be funny. Be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, there was, like, one or two times that I was like, okay, this is actually funny. And then the rest of it, I'm like, this is the same joke. <laughs> and it wasn't funny the first time. Yeah. But otherwise, I-, I did like that episode that was just the baseball episode. I find it very funny how popular baseball is in Japan. Uh-huh. 
And it was like both filler with a with the littlest tiny bit of, of plot, but it was a fun <laughs> sort of do nothing episode. Yeah, I like those anime tropes that are like the baseball episode. The because Jujutsu Kaisen has done one. Samurai Champloo has done a baseball episode. Mm-hmm. Or the beach episode. Oh, the beach episode. God. <laughs> like every anime has done a beach episode, but it's still entertaining. It's one of the best tropes is the beach mm-hmm. episode for whatever reason. Like it's definitely done for fan service, but like it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I think one of my favorite beach episodes is still the Orin High School Host Club mm-hmm. like series of beach and pool episodes. <laughs> Cuz there were I think it was like a a two or three episode arc that was just like they were at the beach for that long. <laughs> But what else have you been watching besides Doro Hidoro? Uh, you can alternate, so you can talk about a show next. Okay. I'll, uh, we watched Demon Slayer. <laughs> Finally? <laughs> Where have you been? Under a rock. Playing World of Warcraft. LARPing. Wow. <laughs> Alright, okay, fine. Rewriting the entire rule set of the LARP that I run. <laughs> It's good. I really like the style of the show. I think the animation and like the actual just style of the anime is mm-hmm. very clean and very nice to look at and the colors are really well done. And I like that it feels more like a stylized early 2000s anime instead of a, like a 2010 anime where they're all very same facey. Mm. Like, you know, it feels like an older art style. Just because mm-hmm. the faces look unique and the characters just look nicer and it just, it doesn't have that 2010s feel of like washed out color or just the specific way faces are drawn. I don't know how to describe it besides that. I like the characters except for French Fry Head Boy. I think um, <laughs> he should fall in a hole and never return. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like his voice in English or Japanese. Uh Hold on, I'm gonna pull up the characters. Uh, Zenitsu? Yes. I don't like French head fry boy. Yeah. One of my favorite interactions between Zenitsu and Tanjiro is, uh, I forget what happens, but Zenitsu says something so pathetic that Tanjiro gives him this look that uh-huh. the first time I saw it, I had to pause because it was incredible. Like, the whoever figured out how to draw like pure horrified this it's like a mixture between disgust and like pity and it's so perfect and yeah. i want to know how they figured out how to draw that it's like one of my it's like a three second scene but it's so fucking good yeah no i know exactly what part you're talking about <laughs> is he the boy who definitely has not drank his respect woman juice yes <laughs> I dislike him immensely. I don't, I like, (laughs) he's just annoying to the point of, I don't like him. Um, I like all of the other characters, the main characters so far. Like, I I like Nezuko, and I like Tanjiro, and I like um, Inosuke. Mm -hmm. The reason Jack and I started watching it was because he wanted to annoy why the fuck there was a character with a, with like a boar head. (laughs) Oh yeah, and then they just don't explain it? yeah. At least not in, like, the only season that's out yet. Yeah. And I like the different houses, and I like the characters who are, like, 
demons but don't actually hunt people and i think a lot of the demon designs are are really interesting and really cool and mm-hmm. i like the ones that play more with japanese mythology and yokai mm-hmm. the only thing that really got me is that at least in the english version i'm gonna do a rewatch with subs just to see the difference but i really don't like the constant internal monologue during the fight scenes from Tanjiro. Like, it's repetitive to the point of being exhausting. I feel like it's very shonen action, though, to have that. Like, you can tell how weird it is whenever you watch a dub, because I don't know why in Japanese it feels less jarring. And I don't know if, like, if I was a Japanese fan watching it, I would notice how weird it is. But when it's dubbed, it just feels very out of place. I think it's because yeah. with Western media, we don't really have that like ongoing internal monologue. Like you might have a narration, but it's not that like speaking monologue. your thoughts out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, it's definitely less jarring in English because in Japanese, because I don't even remember it being a thing in like Naruto when I was watching it and it was subbed because I was watching it when the episodes were originally coming out. It definitely mm-hmm. was not as jarring or or felt as repetitive as um as it did in the English dub of, of Demon Slayer. Although to be fair, Naruto did a lot more like yelling at other people too. <laughs> and Tanjiro doesn't really talk to the other demons <laughs> per to the demons he's fighting per se. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot more just constant inner monologue and i don't know it just at least in the english dub every fight felt incredibly samey and repetitive Mm -hmm. to no fault of the english voice actor like he's a good he's a good va it's just the dialogue was it's both a really good translation and then weirdly the fight scenes are just incredibly repetitive like Mm-hmm. The rest of the dub itself is actually, the translation is really well done, especially in terms of, like, um, slang and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, compared to Doro Hidoro, which had a couple of, like, really awkward lines of dialogue because they just did literal translations and mm-hmm. didn't make them into, like, what actual native English speakers would say. Mm-hmm. So in comparison, like, the rest of the dub is really good, actually, and the translation team did a fantastic job, but I just can't get over the repetitiveness of the fight scenes. Yeah, I feel like I, if I rewatched it, I'd probably notice it more often, because I started watching it, I think it was halfway through the first season when I started watching, because I noticed that people were talking about it, and I thought, oh, it's an action show, it's, like, kind of in the same vein as, like, Naruto or Bleach or whatever, where there are all these intense fight scenes and, like, declarations of the power of friendship or whatever. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, but I don't know if that's, like, it's genuinely different or it was just the excitement of watching a new show every week. That's fair. I mean, honestly, probably a little bit of both because even being able to binge watch it on Netflix, it's... Like, it is a good show. Like, I do Mm -hmm. like almost everything about it, except for just the English versions of the internal dialogue is just really honestly my one big complaint. Mm -hmm. 
So it is a good show. And like, again, visually, it is one of the more modern anime that I've watched recently that is like very visually pretty. Mm -hmm. Are you going to watch the movie? We're going to watch the movie. Um, I'm going to do a rewatch of the first season because Jack did watch a couple of episodes while I was like passed out because we would watch it when I get home (laughs) from work. And he's like, can I watch some of it without you? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So he watched ahead a couple of episodes. So I'm definitely missing some. And if I watch them on my own, I can go back and watch them in Japanese because I don't. He likes to do stuff while we watch because ADD. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why we usually have to watch it in English. But if I watch it on my own, I can watch subs and and then maybe I'll be less annoyed with Tanjiro's inner monologue. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna watch the movie. Um, yeah, it's wild to me how well this movie is done. So it came out in Japan last year, and it like I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. Yeah, but it did so well in Asia. I think it surpassed Spirited Away, which was the last really big movie yeah like that was the number one spot of um like anime movies Mm -hmm. i think maybe all animated movies and in the u.s it took the top spot in domestic box office and like took over mortal Kombat, which was the last like top movie of the past few weeks yeah to be fair i think i don't know how much of that is just that We're still in the process of opening back up. Not everyone's vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Movie theaters aren't open at full capacity. But currently, it's the biggest opening, not just for a Japanese animation, but for foreign language film in general. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm genuinely not surprised. I am surprised a little by the, like you know, numbers it's been pulling in the West, because Mm -hmm. it's always a toss up. It's always 50-50. Mm-hmm. I know that it's been doing incredibly well, specifically, like, in Japan since it came out, like, even over the pandemic and, like, the year before, like, it has so much merch. It had several cafes that I've seen pictures of, like, a friend on Facebook who I, who lives in Japan now, like, she went to a bunch of the events for it and she routinely takes pictures of, like, their merch and stuff. And it's been it's been bopping over there with Demon Slayer <laughs> hype for mm-hmm. probably close to two years now, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely doing pretty big. It's, it, it, it's just always surprising when foreign language films do well in America, yeah. specifically. Like, not even talking about the rest of the West, because, you know, Europe is always iffy on its own. Um, and the rest mm-hmm. of, like, Asia past... And the rest of, like, Southeast and, and like, South Southwest Asia. But it's just always surprising in America, specifically, when things do well. Like, yeah, I remembered going and seeing one of the two OG live-action Death Note movies. Oh, you saw those in theaters? I saw one of them in theater. I think it was the second one. And I saw it in theater, but... <laughs> It was a special event. It wasn't a wide mm-hmm. release or anything. It was like a literal special event at a single theater. That was buck wild. My mom went with me. I'm sure she was really confused the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, I'm genuinely glad when the foreign films do good in America. Like, it's mm-hmm. always nice to see, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a friend who's gone to see it, and he said there were like five other people in the theater. So it's not like packing seats, but also we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So yeah, at least in California, theaters. If we were not in a pandemic, maybe a little more occupied. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they would be full, even if we were not mm-hmm. in a pandemic, honestly. Yeah. But what's another thing that you've been watching? Let's see. Oh, have you seen Way of the House Husband yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> oh. I'm bummed out because it's like, it wasn't full animation it felt like they kind of took the panels in the manga and kind of just like moved them through the yeah, space half animated them mm-hmm. which i don't know why they made that choice yeah and it was also really 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 short mm-hmm. like i know the manga is not that long but i thought they would have added more and i was really sad because <laughs> there are shows that are based on four coma comics I think yeah. it's four coma where it's like f- it's four panels and that's the whole like chapter it's just four panels yeah what freaking pop the really avant-garde two little japanese schoolgirls. pop team epic yes like pop team epic is very short usually four panels and they made like a full season of episodes mm-hmm. yeah i don't know why they didn't try doing more content, even if it wasn't in the manga, because I wanted... So many people wanted more, but maybe they didn't want to compete with the live-action version that's coming mm, out. Maybe. It kind of felt like an ad more than a full show. Like, kind of like, yeah. here's a manga you could read. Yeah, or guess what? The live-action show's still coming out. Or is it a show or a movie? I don't know. There's a live-action version that's coming out, so maybe you'll be more interested in that. And, like, yeah, I'm still gonna watch it, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like they could have put more effort into it. Yeah, they definitely could, because other ones that have... Other shows based on those four coma comics are K-On, Gekkan Shoujo, Nozaki-kun, or Monthly Girls, Nozaki-kun. Mm-hmm. Working, Lucky Star. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) Remember Lucky Star? I used to know the dance. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, so there are like shows that have have been those like four panel comics and gotten like they've added content to it. Yeah. That sucks. Okay, so then it wasn't just me feeling like it was short. It was actually really short. Okay. That sucks. I know the the manga chapters aren't that long either but it's also not a four panel either yeah like there's so much more content you could have added even if it was just more irreverent like daily literally daily life stuff that were not multi-part stories Mm -hmm. like i would have loved to see like um miku like i would have loved to see how tatsu and miku met yeah because she is clearly like a she works an office job and tatsu was like in a gang <laughs> so like yeah. how did that happen i think we get glimpses of it but mm-hmm. i would have loved to know how they met and like the first time that he maybe met her parents like <laughs> that would have been so good but also like watching watching way of the house husband just really makes me want to play 
the Yakuza, Yakuza? game series. <laughs> yeah, the Yakuza game series. So I will probably pick those up at some point. Because <laughs> they look like a yeah. lot of fun. But yeah, it's... It like, I really like the characters in Way of the House Husband. I really like... Like, the English voices were fine. I just... I wish there was more. It is really mm-hmm. short. Yeah, the manga started in 2018, and it's not done yet, so... Oh! They, have, they still have plenty of content. Well, maybe they'll do another season. Maybe they're waiting for how the live-action version goes. They've already announced a, a second season. Okay, good. <laughs> huh. I was gonna be really sad. Yeah. More, please. <laughs> My favorite episode, though, I think, is the one... Anytime he's interacting with the other housewives and, like, going to <laughs> yoga. <laughs> the moment when um the instructor is like, remember to smile, and he does, and he looks like he's gonna fucking murder somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love how ride or die the rest of the housewives are. Yes. Like, they're just like, okay, you're one of us, I guess. But then they come <laughs> to his rescue, like, a couple episodes later. Oh uh-huh. my god. I love, I love it so much. I love him, Your Honor. Honestly, I think the best part is just how much he loves his wife. Like, oh my god, <laughs> get you a boy like him. <laughs> Literally, how much he. And we could go into the wider topic of like changing culture in Japan, but like mm. the fact that he so visually and vocally loves his wife is just—it's mm-hmm. so nice. <laughs> It's so wonderful. Yeah, like, it's funny because, like, it's kind of new to have a straight guy who loves his wife and isn't constantly making jokes about how she's, like, the ball and chain and how he, like, has to get home uh, before he gets yelled at or whatever. Yeah. Uh, What's another thing you've been watching? Oh, boy. Oh. (laughs) Death Note... (laughs) Again, <laughs> I look not well. Not again, but I I started doing a Death Note rewatch. A because I started I got obsessed with the musical because it has no right to slap so hard. <laughs> and Jack has never seen it. Where's he been? Well, listen, he's in the camp of watching the first episode and being like, this is boring and stupid, and then never watching the rest of it. No! So I had to explain, yes, the main character is a shithead, but it's about (laughs) absolute power corrupting, absolutely. It's about just fucking so much biblical theming and imagery and why having a god complex is bad and maybe... Like, hug your dad, I guess. Um, And the sheer inherent homoeroticism of a tennis match. And he was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I was like, listen, just watch it with me. And we're like eight or nine episodes in. Because he keeps having to take breaks because he absolutely hates, like, he can't stand... Light. And I'm like, you're correct. That's part of the point. That is the correct reaction. <laughs> yeah, he can't stand him. So we have to keep taking breaks. He loves mm-hmm. L though. Like when L first showed up, he was like, I don't like him. And then we got to the episode where the first time the task force and L meet in person. Mm-hmm. And L says the line about Kira is 
is childish and hates to lose, and I know this because I'm also childish and hate to lose. <laughs> Jack looked up and was like, okay, I like him, actually. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's because he's the best character besides Misa in this show. <laughs> but so it's been a really slow rewatch, but the voice acting in English, besides the really couple of meme parts that got memed on really hard, holds up really well. The hmm. animation holds up incredibly well like it's still really nice to look at Mm -hmm. the music slaps hard as fuck (sighs) i think the first death opening was the first one i learned all the words to and i know all the words for the full version and the ending theme full version so i still know them too (laughs) i can still sing them (laughs) (laughs) i never read the full manga but the volumes i have read the art is super pretty yeah I forgot how much of a good job the anime did of, like, replicating the style to Mm -hmm. a degree. Because it is still very pretty to look at. Like, the colors are very washed out, but that's just, in this case, a stylistic choice for the show. Mm -hmm. It's still really nice to look at, despite coming out in, what, 2006? I want to say, like, 2007. 2007, 2006, I believe. I'm going to look it up. Two thousand six. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh my god, it's as old as Black Parade. F- fuck off. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god. But yeah, we're I'm doing a really slow rewatch through Death Note, but I've just had Death Note brain rot independently <laughs> of on my own for like literally a month now. And it all started because I saw fan art on Tumblr and immediately unlocked the part of my brain that was like you were super into this for a couple years. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to get super into Death Note again while I wait for the next Star Wars animated TV show to come out, <laughs> which came out last week. What's another thing that you have been watching? Uh, I'm a huge sucker for um, BL shows and mm-hmm. movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I found this one called Yes, No, or Maybe. And it's about this guy, Kunieta K, who is a really popular TV announcer, Mm -hmm. who's known for being, like, really cool and people like watching him. He's really popular on the station. But in real life, he's, like, kind of an asshole. Nice. (laughs) Because he's on TV so often, when he goes out in public, he, like, puts on a hoodie and a mask and glasses so no one recognizes him Mm -hmm. and one day he's walking home from the convenience store and crashes into a guy on his bike and he's the kind of guy who like is so annoyed that someone bumped into him that he doesn't even check that the guy on the bike is okay (laughs) but the guy on the bike is like hold on a second like you just hit me and i'm on the floor do you want to like could you apologize maybe Mm mm-hmm so the guy he runs into is a stop motion animator, Suzuki. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and it turns out that Kunieda's uh, studio is doing, they're redoing their like intro. So they ask Suzuki to do a stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. So then Kunieda recognizes Suzuki, but Suzuki doesn't recognize him because he was, Kunieda was wearing like glasses and a mask and stuff. So Kunieda is supposed to like, interview this animator for the studio and stuff 
and like pretend that he doesn't hate this guy who like he <laughs> ran into on his bike. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the whole Yaoi BL trope of like he falls in love for this animator, but like doesn't want to admit it. Of course. <laughs> and it's it's funny. It's cute. The only problem is that that thing with Yaoi where. Like, the bottom says no, and then the top keeps going because he's like, I can't help myself. And it feels very rapey, and I don't like it. Yeah, that does happen a lot. That is a really big trope of boys love. Mm -hmm. Which is always a shame, because consent is important. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that, like, it's so common of a trope in a genre that's usually geared towards women. Yeah. That there's, like, this constant recurring trope of, like, dubious consent or no consent and a character continuing with something even though the other person has clearly already said no or Mm -hmm. looks uncomfortable. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of psychology behind that, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that what's interesting to me about Yaoi is the fact that, like, you have these two male characters which puts them on more of a level playing field because they're the same gender so there's not that kind of not really inherent imbalance but this kind of like societal imbalance between women and men that Mm -hmm. isn't as prevalent in yaoi unless it goes into the whole trope of like the bottom is more feminine and the top is like more forceful and masculine and stuff (laughs) which is super annoying Uh (laughs) And I think part of the appeal of Boys Love is that, like, that kind of imbalance kind of isn't there. How do I put this? I don't know. Like, I, I have thoughts about why it's so interesting and why so many young girls gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. Is it problematic inherently to be interested in Yaoi, especially if you're straight and a woman? Are you interested in it because you're actually gay and haven't realized it? Or... <laughs> I don't know. It's something something deriving pleasure from a power imbalance that doesn't affect you, but you identify with the gender that is usually primarily affected by something like that. Mm -hmm. Something like that, I guess. Yeah. And I haven't watched enough Yudi or Girls Love to really make a comparison, but it kind of sounds like Yudi is like the male-oriented equivalent where it's like guys watch it because it's two hot girls lesbians hot yeah or it's at least like very sweet and very tame mm-hmm. and i found it interesting that yuri is not as popular as yaoi mm-hmm. yeah that's also definitely a factor too it's it is all incredibly very interesting and we do need to do an episode on it because it's a mix of, like, societal and, you know, psychology reasons for it. Mm-hmm. And then some gross reasons, because, you know, people will always... Straight people will always want to fetishize gay people, so... You know. Yeah. Like, lesbians are not more accepted, they're just more fetishized. Yeah. So that's always a factor, too, and that's always gonna be a part of the conversation when talking about... Yaoi and and Yuri, like, you can't Mm -hmm. separate the fact that just because a culture on the surface seems more accepting 
it's unfortunately usually it's just more people fap to it. <laughs> I delved into it a little bit in that Shonen episode that <laughs> I never posted because it was bad. Oh no. Right. <laughs> What's another show you've been watching? I mean, I it's animation, but it's not Japanese anime, but the new animated Star Wars show came out. The Bad Batch, my my beautiful, wonderful boys. <laughs> the animation, mwah, beautiful, chef's kiss. It's so good to look at. Voice acting, incredible. D. Badly Baker voices all five main characters. <laughs> <laughs> because he does the voices of every single clone trooper in Star Wars in animation. Oh, so they put him to work. They put him to work. Disney was like, how do we give this man all of our money? (laughs) (laughs) There are some issues with the animation. uh, Wherein a couple of the members of the main characters are genuinely incredibly pretty whitewashed. Like, the clones Mm. are based on Tamora Morrison, who played Jango Fett in the prequels. Tamora Morrison is a Pacific Islander Maori man. He's brown Mm -hmm. and has brown features. The characters in the Bad Batch are, they're genetically defective, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but their genetic defects turned out to be desirable. And Mm -hmm. that's a little icky. When two of the characters look specifically like white men. Mm. Like, they don't have any sort of typical, like, brown people features. Like, they have very narrow and straight-pointed noses and their their jawlines are much smaller. Mm. And they're very white. They just are white. Their skin color in the show is white and not brown. Mm. Uh, so that is an issue with it. When I'm watching it, I go, I do not see it. I'm closing my <laughs> eyes. I'm looking away. I can't away. read suddenly. I can't read suddenly. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and as much as I like it, and as much as I like more of the animated content, and content specifically about the clone troopers in Star Wars, because they are inherently such tragic, unexplored characters... Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it and I'll probably like it because the writing's decent. But the whitewashing is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a campaign that started on Tumblr, and I think is on Twitter now, too, and just had like a um, Kotaku or a Polygon article written about it, which is hashtag unwhitewash the bad batch. Mm-hmm. Um, So people care about it and want to check it out. Like, I know it's not anime, but it is animation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm hoping if not, like, I doubt it'll get fixed because I don't know if the episodes are already all finished and they're just releasing them on a schedule or they're putting out finished episodes as they do them. I assume they've already done, like, most of the production and animation on that, so... Yeah, so I think the most of what we're hoping for of, like, the people running it are hoping for is at least, like, an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of, like, hey, we fucked up, sorry, here's how we're gonna do better next time. Mm-hmm. But again, like, no high hopes, <laughs> unfortunately. 
I think it's especially weird to whitewash a character when you're animating it, because, like, all you have to do is, like, change the color scheme. Yeah. Like, they made the conscious choice to make this batch of clones look different than the rest Mm -hmm. of the clones, but I don't know how making two of them look like white men got through. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, here's the thing, another of this group is big and dumb. He's a himbo and I love him, (laughs) and he's great with kids. Your Honor, I love him. He's my favorite character. His name is Wrecker. Here's the problem. He's the one that still looks the most like the other clones, which means he's the brownest. Oh, no. Which means the brown one is the big and dumb one. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Gee, I wonder what that writer's room looked like. I can tell you it didn't have any brown people in it. But I love him, Your Honor. He's a himbo. (laughs) It wouldn't be a problem if the rest of them were brown. Mm. One of the other characters, he's a regular clone, but had a traumatic event happen to him. And somehow that translated to him losing all of his melanin. So he's like sheet white. It's like, that's not... Okay. (laughs) I love them. I love all the fan art that people do where they're actually drawn as brown men. Mm -hmm. I close my eyes. I do not see it. I look away (laughs) while watching the show. (laughs) But what's what's one last thing that you've been been watching during the month that we haven't recorded anything? So I know basically nothing about... DC, the closest I've gotten is like listening to Zach complain about the Joss Whedon Justice League. Oof, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And watching like the, I forgot what year it came out, but the Gal Gadot uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I have my issues with Western animation and it being ugly. It don't we all? <laughs> And having, like, a bunch of kind of honestly unnecessary, like, sexual references that aren't funny. And I feel like they just put in there because they're like, how do we get adults to watch this? Like, we're not dumb. You don't have to put titties in it for the adults to watch it. I mean, those of us who like titties appreciate the titties, but you can also (laughs) just be funny. (laughs) (laughs) But Harley Quinn actually isn't torture to look at. It's very... Yeah. Very well animated. And I really enjoy the fact that the characters in it actually go through some development. Yeah. It's not just Harley like blowing shit up. It's her coming to terms with her life, finally getting out of an abusive relationship with Joker. I think it's funny that like she loves causing problems on purpose, but Uh she's not. I love that about her. (laughs) But she's also not like deeply terrible and evil yeah yeah i think that's a very interesting dynamic to play with with a character to have someone who like does shit that is inconvenient for other people but she she still has like lines she won't cross yeah no i love harley quinn (laughs) i have loved her since the original animated batman tv series when she was introduced Mm -hmm. Uh, because she didn't start out originally as a comic book character Mm. but if you have any interest in reading a comic about harley quinn her 
I don't know if it's still going, but she has a solo run that's Mm. just about her. And it's really good. She's polyamorous and, like, has a loving relationship with Poison Ivy and also has a loving relationship with a bunch of other people and just has a great time and has pet hyenas and just causes chaos. (laughs) And I love her. It's really good. Yeah, the show gets, like has a lot of violence in it and it's very bloody mm-hmm. and gory. Uh, and I think the animators have a great time like animating people getting the shit beaten out of them. Yeah, absolutely. I think it doesn't bother me as much because it makes sense within the context of the show. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of spoilers, but I feel like everybody knows at this point that like Harley and Ivy hook up at the end of season two. Yeah. It's super cute. But like, I think season one... Poison Ivy starts dating Kite Man. Uh-huh. The relationship is cute, but it was also like, okay, Kite Man's like kind of an idiot, but he he does genuinely adore Ivy, and he's like constantly amazed that they're together. Listen. <laughs> he has definitely drank his respect woman juice. L- listen, Ivy said I'm bisexual, but attracted to himbos only. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> I was kind of grumpy because I'm like, okay, now I'm ruining this relationship, but I really want Harley and Ivy to be together. Like, Ivy fucking calls Harley babe constantly. Why are they not together? So gay. So very (laughs) lesbian. But yeah, I actually really liked the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO Max, so. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Harley Mm -hmm. is literally one of the best DC characters, honestly. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's just my opinion on DC in general, is that DC tends to have the better villains. Mm. And Marvel tends to have the more interesting superheroes, mm-hmm. is where I stand on the two. I'm fans of both, for the most part. But, like, I tend to like the villains or reformed villains of DC more, and the heroes of, of Marvel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I love Harley. Harley is love. Harley she's is great. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Look at how much we can just talk even without notes. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> any of this made sense. We'll find out when I edit. We'll find out. I, I think it's a solid episode of us just sh- shooting the shit, honestly. But we'll find out. <laughs> so I'm changing the um the ending theme. Okay. Because... So the previous music we're using was Chocolate Sunglasses by a band called Drunken Foreigner Band. And Mm -hmm. I always felt kind of weird saying that band title. But for some reason, I guess, I assumed it was like... I don't know what I assumed. But it turns out that it's like a group of white guys who are trying to use the name ironically. But that makes me very uncomfortable. So fuck off with that (laughs) shit then. (laughs) Yeah. New, New outro, baby. So we're not using that song anymore. Be gone. Thought. <laughs> Before I go into credits, is there anything else? Listen, I know we're an anime podcast, but if you like Star Wars for any reason, <laughs> please watch Clone Wars and The Bad Batch because it's really good. <laughs> Despite the issues with The Bad Batch specifically, but please, please, <laughs> they're both very good. Yeah, that's it, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at Two Weaves in a Trench. We're on Instagram at Two Weaves in a Trench Coat. You can email us at Weaves in a Trench Coat at gmail.com. Our intro is Our Way by Bitney, and our new outro is What's the Angle by Shane Ivers. 
And I'm Madison. And I'm Suzanne. And remember, drink your daily recommended amount of Respect Women Juice every day. (laughs) 